Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil World Order Podcast. How's everybody doing on a nice Saturday night uh, down here in, sorry, I just, my watch just like freaked out on me, but, um, oh, it was something my wife sent me. I thought it was my, my watch, but anyways, so, <clears throat> yeah, um, you know, it was funny, I was going to talk about, in the intro, about how the warm temps had finally came uh, this week, which they did, but um, I just had let the dogs out before I came down here, and it's like 55 degrees outside tonight, and it's, uh, I mean, it's only, what, a quarter after 11, so it was pretty chilly out there. Um, it was a beautiful night last night. Um, we actually sat out on our pergola, we had the fire going, my wife and I actually fell asleep, um, you know. I was enjoying some um, whiskey beverages, and uh, it was just comfortable. We had some music, the fire going, and luckily the dogs started barking at something out there and woke us up. Or we may have spent the night out there. It's not the first time this happened. I think it happened one other time. We woke up about 2 o'clock in the morning. But, um, you know, it's nice when you can be outside for that amount of time I know plenty of times last year it was so hot and humid like it was earlier this week that you just didn't want to be outside uh, anyways um, it was kind of crazy uh, right before uh, came down here was you know just snacking and uh, my wife was helping my daughter with a job application and was watching uh, George Carlin's uh, It's Bad For You and it's so crazy just to listen to some... And I swear I thought I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But just listening to some of the stuff he was talking about and how it greatly applies today. or He was pretty much foreshadowing and telling us all, you know, he, he just, for a comedian and all that, he was a genius, you know, and he just saw the writing on the wall. And I think even my wife and my daughter, who were kind of listening but not listening, um, were laughing and kind of like, oh... Yeah, okay, yeah, you know, like it made sense and, you know, hey, this still applies today and um, so on and so forth. And if, if you haven't uh, seen George Carlin's stand-up, you definitely need to watch any of George Carlin's stand-ups. They're all uh, fantastic. Um, I believe that was one of the last ones he did for HBO was the It's Bad For You. I could be wrong. Um, you know, it's not my favorite one, but still a good one. But yeah, definitely uh, check that out if you get a chance. So today we actually did a, um, I'm not drinking right now because I had plenty to drink today. We did a memorial service for my uh, wife's grandmother. I mean, she was like grandma to me too, but it's my wife's grandmother. Uh, she had unfortunately passed away in October. Uh, we did like a celebration of life today. Um, she was 96 years old she had lived to be which is like that's almost a century I talked about that we all got to talk well I thought we were all going to talk so I'd wrote something apparently I wasn't listening and you know anyways but I spoke but I was just thinking about like how crazy you know I mentioned all the things she got to see in her uh lifetime and it's just kind of fascinating you know I, I it made me kind of want to go back and look at all the things that had happened uh in my lifetime you know and I'm like you know were there really some I mean I guess you know the internet um 
9-11, uh, the Challenger exploding in 86 when I was in fifth grade. Um, you could say like the Persian Gulf War, the first one, and then the War on Terror, whatever they called all that. Um, you know, but I was like, nothing as crazy as, you know, the span of what my our grandmother had seen in 96 years but uh it was kind of fascinating just to look at time like that and all the uh things that happened but anyways going on with the show um yeah so i mean heat index actually hit over a hundred this week uh, a few times you know and honestly it's it's like this everywhere you know, people either whine are always whining about the weather. And I do it, you do it. We all, you know, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too dry, it's too windy. It's it's you know, it's raining, it's not raining, you know. And it just, I always laugh like when it gets hot. It's just like within a few hours, everyone on social media is like going on and on about it. But like, like the heat really isn't that bad. Um, you know, obviously it's not pleasant to be out in, like if you're, I guess if you're digging trenches or, you know, you're some kind of contractor that works outside. Um, but you know, those reasons are why I'm not a landscaper that, and well, I'm lazy and that's really hard work. I'll still take the heat over the winter, but you know, to each their own, I think that's still allowed in this country, right? Um, so the other day, I was we maybe it was a couple weeks ago. We finished up uh, Stranger Things, and I'm sure a lot of you watch it, um, you know, or at least know what it is. And uh, this season was actually pretty good, like the first half of this season, uh, a lot darker, um, which I think kind of makes sense because the cast has kind of gotten older, so it can't stay campy. It kind of had to evolve. You know, and I think I always enjoyed the 80s setting of the show, and I think I. I think they, they really have captured the 80s uh, perfectly for those of us who, who like, you know, lived it and maybe kind of grew up in the 80s. And I can totally respect that. I, th I think it's totally cool. But, um, you know, they released the first half of season four. I believe it was, I think it was seven episodes. Um, oh, cool. I just now saw something was hanging up above my bar that I did not know was there before. <laughs> Kylie, thanks. That I actually like that. Um, anyways, and the second half comes out July 1st, which is, uh, it's kind of cool that we don't have to wait like two years. Like it seemed like every season with Ozark. Ozark was what, four seasons, but it, I feel like it went the span of 10 years. Um, you know, and I think I was thinking about that and I was like, the streaming shows have kind of spoiled us. The ones that aren't episodic anyways. I know... You know, you'll get shows like The Handmaid's Tale and some of the Disney shows, like the Disney Plus ones, like the Marvel and Star Wars ones, where they release an episode a week. It's not just like June 4th, bam, all the episodes are available of season four or whatever. But, um, like, we just don't have the patience for episodic TV anymore. I mean, I don't think I do. Um, even, like, some of the shows um, we re we watch and, you know, record on the DVR, we sometimes wait till there's two or three because, you know, the, the cliffhanger things are like, oh, I mean, you still get it because eventually you get to the end of the season. But um, we just want to binge it. You know, we want it bigger, better, quicker. We want everything now. Um, you know, so we watch 
we wait forever for a show to, you know, a new season of a show to come out. And then we watch it in a few days, and then we're like, well, shit. You know, now I have to wait forever for the next season. Um, I feel like uh, Cobra Kai is, like, the only show that doesn't torture us like that. I feel like they pump those out pretty quick. And also, if you haven't watched Cor- Cobra Kai, watch it. But anyway, back to, uh, with Stranger Things uh, being set in the 80s, there's always kind of cool music feature. I mean, 80s music is kind of like its own animal. It was really cool. Um, you know, one of the big songs featured this season, and that's kind of in the story, is, uh, you know, it's been heavily featured as Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, who I'm guessing probably before maybe seeing Stranger Things, a lot of people had no idea who she was uh, or had never heard any of her music before. Maybe you'd heard the song before. Um She's actually an, Kate Bush is an icon in the UK, uh, and she's had a lot of success here in the States, globally as well. Um, She actually had her first number one on the UK charts in 1978 at 19 years old uh, with the single Wuthering Heights. She would have more top 10 hits over the years as well. 25, I believe, in total songs like King of the Mountain, Don't Give Up on Us, which actually was a duet with uh, Peter Gabriel, who was, you know, Genesis and then went on his own. Um, running, you know, Running Up That Hill obviously was her biggest hit. And uh, Running Up That Hill had actually been covered and featured in a lot of movies and TV shows. Um, it had been featured in the OC years ago, Vampire Diaries. Um, you know, and there were successful covers by artists Meg Myers um, and Placebo, and each of those had... Great success with the iconic track. Cool thing about uh, Kate Bush, which is kind of neat to think, you know, in, in all the history of music and stuff like that. She 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 is the holds the distinction as the first solo female artist to top the UK album charts and also the first to have her album debut at number one. It's a feat that has still not been duplicated in the UK. Uh, she kind of has this ethereal sound, and she has really unique arrangements. Um, you know, she's a h- huge favorite of music critics. Uh, she's loved by, you know, her peers. Everyone all across the landscape of music um, celebrates Kate Bush and her music. You know, and, and it's regardless of genre. Uh, actually, I saw an interview, Big Boy of Outcast actually lists her as his second most influential artist in his career behind Bob Marley. You know, and Kate Bush kind of managed to stay away from the hoopla that comes with success and was able to kind of be this, you know, she was like an icon and not at the same time. Um, You know, she didn't have all the fanfare and craziness of the industry. Uh, She's also a very highly regarded uh, producer and dance choreographer as well. Uh, you know, one of the cool things, I mean, I guess that really speaks to her talent and how her music, I guess, reaches people or, you know, yes and no. She's only sold 700 million albums, or I'm sorry, 7 million albums in her career, 500K in the U.S., so not even a million in the United States. And she's revered more than plenty of people who have sold 10 times the album sales. Um you know, she's regarded as the first performer to use a headset wireless microphone, mostly because of her dancing through her performances. Uh, 
And like I said, artists all across the landscape from Tori Amos, Adele, Alanis Morissette, Sarah McLachlan, Stevie Nicks, and so many others have documented the role that her music played in their, their career as songwriters and entertainer entertainers. Uh, Chris Martin of Coldplay told Rolling Stone once that uh, Running Up That Hill was the inspiration for the Coldplay song, The Speed of Sound. Uh, Prince had actually listed her in his liner notes on the uh, Diamond and Pearls album. And uh, one of my favorite bands, uh, The Cure, Robert Smith had cited Kate Bush's that the influence she had on his music and career, you know, he talked about that on several occasions. So there's your Kate Bush uh, appreciation. If you want to listen to something different, that's kind of brilliant. Um, give her a listen. Uh, it's not going to be for everybody. Uh, there's some great songs. There's some really strange songs. Um, there's, an honesty to her music and uh she's not like anyone else uh there's been people after that kind of sound like kate bush like you might listen to kate bush having never listened to her and be like oh this sounds like blah 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 well no they sound like kate bush um but yeah it got me thinking uh with all this i feel like i say that all the time it's kind of cool how you can have like a show a tv show or a movie can introduce an artist to like a whole new audience or generation and you know and we see it all the time um, I think of, you know, here recently, well, not so recent now, but in the Sopranos finale, uh, Don't Stop Believing by Journey was featured. And it was a huge song, you know, back when. And, you know, it's just one of those all-time songs. But it was everywhere after the Sopranos finale, you know, and it got a whole new life. Um, and it even added to, like I said, the song being one of the all-time greatest songs ever, you know. There's always, like, this cool intersection with film, TV, music, you know, you look back even as far back as 1990 uh, in the film Ghost with like Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, and what uh, they took, you had Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers, and that went to number one in 1990, and that song was originally released in 1965. Uh, Maverick, the Top Gun sequel, saw uh, Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone, which was featured in the sequel. And the original get increased downloads, e even as well as uh, Berlin's Take My Breath Away. And it wasn't even featured in the uh, latest movie. And if you haven't seen Maverick, go see Maverick. It's a freaking amazing film. Um, you know, and music is kind of the emotion of film and TV. I mean, would Rocky be as awesome without Gonna Fly Now, which is, I believe, what the Rocky theme is called? Or even Eye of the Tiger? Um, I mean, think about Darth Vader without the Imperial March. Um, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy with their epic throwback jams in the film. Uh, it's a great vinyl, by the way, if you're into vinyl and uh, cool soundtracks and stuff like that. The Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it's like volume one, is, is amazing. Um, and since I just mentioned Darth Vader, uh, I'm not sure if anyone has checked out the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus yet. Uh, the series stars and is produced by Ewan McGregor, who played uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the three Star Wars prequels, which were, okay, they were bad, whatever. And it's, uh, it's set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, which is the last of the prequel trilogy. It's a lot to keep up with. But cool thing about the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show, 
before the first episode, they kind of catch you up and do this really long recap on everything. So you kind of are like, oh, okay, you know, you can almost kind of watch it with probably maybe not having seen some of those films. But, you know, it all just depends on how good you are at context and putting things together. Um, and I, I'm about four episodes in, and I'm actually really enjoying it. And I, I should have prefaced prefaced this by saying I'm not your typical Star Wars nerd. Uh, I'm not like a huge, oh, Star Wars, and get a boner and have to see and love everything Star Wars. Um, I thought the last few movies were cheesy and stupid. Um you know, those three prequels that Ewan McGregor, those those were terrible. Um, I did like Rogue One. I thought the Han Solo movie, like Solo or whatever, I, I thought it was stupid. I thought it was really bad. I watched it in parts. I never could sit through the whole movie at once just because it was, it just, it wasn't interesting. I think some of it, the cast sucked. So that kind of played a part of it. But, um, you know, it got me thinking all this and the music and the 80s thing um we're pretty much like a society that like loves nostalgia like i mean there's there's shows dedicated to it you know every t-shirt you go to your like target or the mall or wherever t-shirts online people are selling i have retro lounge tees Uh, it's always an homage to something old school um so, you, you know, you should check out Retro Lounge Tees. There's a link on our Facebook and Instagram page that will take you there. It's lots of cool stuff. Um, you know, and maybe our fondness for nostalgia is due to, due to the turd city we're kind of currently living in. Um, let's face it, uh, there's not a ton to celebrate currently, and, and it's looking like we're in the process of this huge downward spiral. Um, but there, there kind of has to be an an end in sight you figure right i mean obviously the midterm elections are are coming up uh, assuming another pan made up pandemic isn't launched and you know they can vote voting's done like american idol where people can just call in or whatever um but you know even after republicans do take back the house and the senate you know what are they really going to be able to do you know it, it mostly is just going to be what they can prevent the idiot libs from doing I mean, Biden still has, you know, executive order, um, maybe, but, you know, that's assuming he doesn't fall off his bike. And did anyone, I don't know if anyone saw that today, that was like everywhere on social media where he, he wasn't like riding his bike and fell off. He was riding his bike, stopped to talk to reporters, and then just collapsed and fell over. And I was like, my God, you know, (laughs) what? Like, how does this, how does this happen? You know, this guy is the leader. The first thing I thought when I saw it was like 81 million votes, you know, and this guy did not get 81 million votes. You're never going to get me to believe that. You know, that's one of the things, hopefully when I get to the afterlife, I can kind of, maybe you get some knowledge or insight into that. Not that I want to die anytime soon, but um, yeah, you know, and I'm just like, what the fuck? But, uh, so honestly, I never finished my script for this week. It was just kind of a busy week, but, uh, Father's Day weekend, uh, tomorrow's Father's Day. Uh, I, uh, I I love being a dad. It's challenging. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, I, 
I'm very fortunate that my wife is amazing and helps with this. My daughter is not, she didn't give birth to my daughter, so she's, you know, she's not her biological mother. She is, you know, we do, I do refer to her as one of my daughter's mothers because she's played an instrumental role. But, um, you know, as challenging as it is, it's still, you know, I love it. I'm, I, have, I have a good relationship with my daughter. Um, I'm very thankful that she has my wit and sense of humor. Um, we're working on her getting her motivation up. But she um, she hates insects in general. But she hates stink bugs. And uh, there's certain times of the year, and I think the stink bugs only creep into her room because they really sense her disdain for them. So um, I always joke with her that, you know, she'll call me. That's, you know, when she, she's like, Dad, or when she, you know, starts to talk really nice, it's usually because there's a bug in her room. Uh, she got me a shirt <laughs> for Father's Day. It has a stink bug on it, and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it was really cute. Um, you know, and that's kind of that's kind of the way our relationship is. It's a lot of inside jokes. It's a lot of mostly us being inappropriate and saying things that make my wife cringe and sometimes other people around. But uh, it's also, that's the stuff we're going to remember and the stuff we bond over. So, um, yeah, you know, this is going to be a really, really short episode. I feel bad. But, um, <clears throat> you know, shoot your pop a text, uh, give them a call, whatever it is you do. Uh, you know, those of you who still have your, your parents with you or whatever. Um, those of you that are dads out there, I hope you have a great Father's Day. Hopefully you don't have to do any yard work. Maybe you get the man on the grill, have a beer, play some golf, go out on the lake, uh, do whatever it is you do. Um, you know, but uh, short and sweet this week, guys. That's all I got. You know, I was looking at the episode numbers. And I realized we are creeping up on uh, two years of doing this. And to me, that's mind-blowing. One, that I've literally had that much to say. Uh, and two, that people continue to listen to it. So, uh, as always, I'm very appreciative for you guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. And um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.